Hello everyone, welcome to The Daily Grind. My name is Kelly Johnson, your fun and friendly host. We are in episode 38 of season five, the very best one yet. What is up, The Daily Grinders? My name is Kelly, your host as always. We have a new segment, a new feature that we're doing on social and we want you to be a part of it. The Daily Grind, that's the name of our podcast. What does The Daily Grind mean to you? Our simple phrase, following a certain routine every morning to start your day or on a larger scale that shapes the outlook on your life. Submit yours on our direct link form, direct.me slash dailygrindpod. Or visit us on social at dailygrindpod and get featured. the instruction short because we have a special guest on today's podcast like to introduce you to mark musselman mark is the founder and ceo of mx5 consulting for 20 years mark has been leading several hundred business owners and top executives to increase profitability impact and sustainability he's passionate about asking the right questions to unveil new insights that can change people's lives and businesses so welcome to the show mark thank you so much uh, before i can just want to thank you for inviting me as a guest I love your thoroughness and the thoughtfulness in your uh, podcast, and it's just a wonderful uh, opportunity for me to be here, so thank you. Um, as you said, my name is Mark Musselman. I'm a Colorado native, proudly so, uh, father of four. Um, I'm a rugby and music nut, so love to both have a lot at work and at play. Uh, I identify myself as an entrepreneur, a business owner, and then inside that, the things that I do, as one of those is a speaker, coach, and consultant. Um, so I spend my days mostly in, and I feel blessed doing so, asking really great questions, and then really just letting the question allow people to work themselves out of being stuck into something that moves their lives or their businesses forward. So that's how I you know, approach my day. Wonderful, yeah. Quite the intro. Excited to dive into your daily grind, literally, and share your wealth of knowledge on, on today's podcast with uh, uh, your, your background and um, what you've been doing over the past couple of years and inspiring us, not just on this episode, but even outside the pod. So, yes, talk about, maybe let's, let's rewind here. Can you tell us how your background has led you to where you are today? You know, you got um, wearing multiple hats now, um, entrepreneur, kids, ex- extracurriculars. Um, but, yeah, tell us more. Yeah, so I got specifically into the role that I'm in now in executive coaching and speaking, et cetera, when I was 30 years old. I'm, I'm one of five kids. My father had this wild idea of starting a business. And, you know, the five of us swore we'd never get in it. And lo and behold, all five of us got in it at one point in time. And so it was a big family business. We had a couple hundred employees. It was, you know, a good-sized business in, in the Denver area. And my dad decided to retire. I'm fourth of five, so I've got three older siblings and a younger one. And we went through a succession process and I got tapped on the shoulder to basically uh, succeed my dad as the CEO of this business. I was 30 years old. 
about two, a little under 200 employees and about 20 million in revenue. And I had no idea what it was to run a business. So I did at that point in time, reach out to somebody. This is in 1999 and hired my first executive business coach, which is way before, um, you know, the emergence of this as a thing. But I knew enough about myself to know that I could be really dangerous if I didn't get some additional tools. So I reached out, hired a guy named Stephen McGee. I ended up working with him for about five years on and off. And uh, that is what had me when my family's business went through bankruptcy in 2008-9, when the economy went through a pretty crazy period um, and we had lost the ownership of the business, um, I decided that I would hang my shingle up and go full force into supporting mostly at that time other family business owners in this coaching, consulting, and advisory role. So that's how I got into it. Yeah, literally happening on your daily grind. Uh, and then also, again, taking from, uh, you know, revving up since being a part of that family business, uh, you probably had a lot of key takeaways and things that you've learned over the years, challenges that you've overcome. We'll probably discuss on that, too, in your in your current role here. Uh, but to persevere. And uh, now, again, like you mentioned, you're, you're unv- unveiling, you know, undercoming that new insights that can literally change people's lives and businesses. So, yes, what inspired you then to further or what keeps you motivated to, you know, pursue this career and like leadership? coaching specifically for like this executive uh demographic yeah i I think it's i appreciate the question because what i know is that um when i was in that role and had the responsibilities of running that business i found myself you know like we all do with a certain level of skills and knowledge and experience and then i would reach a plateau and i knew that i needed to know more or i needed to have different tools to helped me through those moments and 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 I didn't know where to go so I that's when I you know went out and I hired this guy who could help me see things and 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 work through those moments of feeling stuck um, and you know I think I was so inspired by the experience that I had that I knew what it felt like to go through that process personal business you know whatever form of getting unstuck you know, occurs for individuals and it's a whole range of issues, right? Uh, So anyway, that's what had me um, really being inspired to step in and do this. And I've been doing it, you know, since then. I was doing it inside my business before. So I set myself up as a CEO who was coaching all my direct reports, you know, weekly, one-to-ones, all that kind of stuff. Um, But that's what really had me carrying forward and I've been doing it ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us more about MX5 Consulting. Uh, you meant, yeah, coaching, one-on-one, uh, uh, the wealth of services you offer. Yeah, so MX5 is basically, uh, the the name comes from, I'm, as I said, I was one of five siblings, mm-hmm. so the M is my last name, Musselman, the X is multiplied by five. So what I knew that I had, that was almost an unfair advantage after the bankruptcy of my family's business is the strength of me and my siblings, um, mostly rooted through a foundation of love and support and you know, really pushing me and holding me accountable to a high standard. And I think we all stand for one another that way. So I decided to name my business, my practice, uh, you know, in that sort of area saying, wherever I went, I didn't go by myself. I always carried the strength and the wisdom and the support of my four siblings, me making the fifth. So that's where MX5 comes from. 
And what I do basically is I mostly end up working with business owners or entrepreneurs. Occasionally it's somebody who's running a business on behalf of a business owner. Um, I've actually had that role where I was hired as the CEO and president to run a couple um, times a, a client's business. So it's just somebody who has you know really top, top level um, ownership of outcomes. And I chose that because I understand it. I've done it a handful of times and, and it just felt familiar. And one of the things that's interesting, you know, I, I told you I went through this bankruptcy process. I used to hide from it. When I first came out of that, I was embarrassed, you know, felt with like a lot of shame, as is probably understandable. And then what I recognized is that as I began to share the story, it brought down the guard that most people show up. Because, you know, a lot of times you get that level of conversation and it's like looking good and avoiding looking bad and it's this posturing and it's a lot of pretense and by just sharing what happened with me and through my story, I could watch people relax. And when they relax, then we can get into a real conversation about what's going on instead of the stuff that gets in the way and all the lies and the, the you know, the make-believe, right? And, and so when, you, when I can get to that level of uh, honesty, like what's really happening and reveal the places that people are stuck, then we can do some meaningful work, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Yeah, really well said, Mark. Uh, accountability, you mentioned a lot of keywords uh, throughout this interview so far, uh, but building on those relationships, having the, that trust, uh, that honesty, really important for us to perform our best level, but also for us when we need to ask questions, seek help, but then work with uh, people both internally and externally with our business, uh, we can do so successfully at it too. Uh, again, you in this space, uh, quite the experience. What do you consider to be you know, the biggest challenges facing leaders today? And how do you help like clients overcome those challenges? I know that's a big money question, but uh, if you can yeah. share some. That's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I think the single biggest challenge is facing business owners and leaders today is how to lead in the aftermath of COVID, right? And, and, and we can yeah. break that down into any number of sub variables, but that's the biggest issue. COVID for most business owners changed many things. I won't say everything, but many things. Uh, you can talk about, you know, what what's the definition of work, right? I mean, we've been living and operating under a shared paradigm for decades, if, if not, you know, centuries. Uh, and all of a sudden, in a matter of a couple of years, that whole thing gets flipped on its head. So do people work in person? Are they working virtually? How many days a week are they supposed to come in? You know, does everybody come in or do certain people? You know, I see this challenge all the time. This idea of really people feeling empowered. So I just say it's more of a mobily empowered workforce that people feel like if this isn't working for me, I'll just pick up and move. And we know that, you know, the economy has a lot of open vacancies. So there's more mobility available right now. Um, this idea of employee disengagement. So, you know, there's this sense that people, even when they come in, that you know, there was articles written about this whole idea of quiet quitting, right? And in the sense that I'm coming, I'm showing up physically, or I'm at home working, but am I really contributing? Am I really committed to, you know, the entity that has hired me to do a certain, you know, job and a function and produce certain outcomes? Um, emerging technologies, AI. So I mean, you know, all these business owners are watching this thing you know, emerge and not really sure what to do with it and how to make sense of it. And then mm -hmm. all that, plus many other things, leaves owners often very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they get into this role and 
being an owner and being a CEO is in, it's all encompassing. Mm-hmm. And uh, right, I mean, I, I talk to people all the time about as a business, there's an individual level of consciousness, team, and organizational. And a business owner lives in the organizational, and it's exhausting. And so, with all those other things that are going on, in addition to just the daily challenges of running and owning a business, it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, how do I recharge myself? Where do I go? So, I'd say those are the things that continue to come up in many conversations. Mm-hmm. And as as you would know, sometimes people come to me with a work issue, and really, what's happening is it's back home in a marriage because. I'm either working so much, or I haven't paid attention to the kids, and this isn't what I got married for, and that's the real epicenter. And so we might talk initially about work, and then it moves and migrates into this world of, well, really, the core place you're stuck is in your marriage, right? And let's okay. let's work on that, and then see what getting you unstuck there creates for your business world. So I mean, that, those are just some you know things that show up. Yeah, definitely. Really well said, Mark. Again, shedding light in this area and uh, industry as a whole, uh, what we do, you know, our nine to five daily grind, but then outside it has an effect on a lot of different aspects of our life. And again, as an entrepreneur, our listeners tuning today's episode, whether they have a passion project, a side hustle that are looking to level up or a small business owner here uh, need to be cognizant and um, understand the, again, going back to the, the definition of work, like you mentioned on the spot here. Uh, speaking of, again, your, your background consulting, uh, I want to tap into coaching. Uh, what coaching methodologies or, or frameworks do you primarily use in your practice and uh, to benefit uh, some of these uh, business owners here, your clients? Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, so I have yeah. you know, pursued a number of different, mm-hmm. and I'll put this in air quotes, certifications because, you know, <laughs> coaching is an interesting, you know, industry and it doesn't have any, you know, legally uh, binding guidelines. You don't have to do like psychology. So... I've gone through a myriad of different coaching schools and have been certified, but there's a particular approach that I've fallen in love with. It's basically a woman named Susan Scott who wrote a book called Fierce Conversations. Um, and she just really loves inquiry. So it's it's the asking of effective, open-ended questions. And then most importantly, as the coach, being disciplined to not want to answer or not want to help solve and let the client work through the question. So I look at my work as being incredibly skilled at asking really effective questions in the right moment and then being still. She has a phrase that says, let silence do the heavy lifting, which I love, right? And so I would say that elicits a couple things. One is, you know, there's a philosophy called Um, the primacy of self-discovery, which means that you and I and all the people around the planet innately have wisdom to guide our lives forward. And sometimes we just lose sight or lose touch with that wisdom. The gift of a really effective question is it re-invites you into relationship with that wisdom and lets you work through it. And when you work through the question and you come to an answer that's your answer, not one that I've given you or fed you, the ownership of that answer is, you know, exponentially deepened. And so I've just learned over the years that my job really is to be still, be present, and come prepared to basically ask great questions. Then, you know, the key is the two questions like, say more, go on, why that, what else? And then again, 
disciplined to be quiet. So that's my approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really well said, Mark. And again, you mentioned earlier on just having that, um, building that relationship, that accountability with um, who you're working with across the table, uh, but then having that efficiency and ef- effectiveness when it comes to serving uh, their needs and supporting them uh, in this process. We are about the numbers too on the podcast. Uh, how do you how do you measure and track progress of uh, these coaching engagements, uh, like KPIs, milestones? What do, what do you use? That's a great question. So I yeah. begin always with a client in an intake process where I'm coming to them saying, you know, "What does success look like for you?" Right? Not what success looks like for me because it's not my life, it's not my business. So I want to have them, and I ask through an intake process a number of questions that help them really get clear on what it is that they would identify as success through the engagement. And then we monitor as we move through one conversation to the next where they are in relationship to their set of goals and objectives that they set that they feel would get them from where they started to where they'd like to be at the end of the process. So one of the things recognize, I work with people sort of in either three, six, or a year, three months, six months, or year-long engagements. And so I might get a person who has a longer runway and doesn't necessarily you know, have as much time or isn't as committed. They want to run it over a year and they're patient as opposed to somebody who says, I want immediate results right now, three months, let's go. And so they have a different cadence, um, but they're all designed that way. And the, the thing that I would mention is sometimes I'll get in a circumstance, and you could understand this, where somebody says, I want this. This is what success looks like. We start the conversation, and all of a sudden it turns out that that's not it at all. Right? It's like peeling back layers of the onion. You peel back a couple layers, and all of a sudden it's like it reveals something. You know, I used that conversation a minute ago about a marriage. Many times in my conversations, people come to me because um, – business and the conversation around business is just more comfortable and accessible, right? Mm-hmm. But what's really going on is they're miserable at home. Maybe their son or daughter's, you know, an addict and they don't know how to live with and be a parent in that circumstance. They say, you know, my team doesn't listen to me. There's no alignment. We're off strategy. The sales are down. It's great. You know, all of a sudden, two sessions in, it's like, well, I've got a daughter who's an addict. And it's like, okay, well, let's... And, and so going back to that Susan Scott thing, I begin every conversation with what's the most critical conversation you and I need to be having today. And what that typically does is it has that person in the moment, boom, something. And if it doesn't, then I can go back to what we set as objectives and goals and start from there. But typically people have something that is occurring in their lives or their business that they bring forward. Well, tell me more about that. Why is that at the top of your mind? And then we would go from there. How does this relate to the goal or objective that we set when we started, you know, this coaching agreement? Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like it too. Again, throw us a question, you know, what does success mean to us? Uh, speaking of success, you probably have many of, many of stories to tell. We could probably talk for days on the podcast here. Do you want to share uh, one of the success stories of one of your clients you've worked with, maybe a recent one or a memorable one? Um, we we'll open up the floor to you. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I appreciate the question because there's two that always tend to jump to the top of my mind. One is there's a nonprofit in Denver called Project Here, and they do amazing impact work around the world. They take basically medical supplies and equipment that are not being utilized fully here. They they get sponsors to pay for a container and they ship these 
you know, about a half a million dollars to places in the world where it makes an enormous difference. And that organization, when I first met them, they were shipping about 80 containers, but they had aspirations to ship a couple hundred. So we got into a conversation, we worked together, and within a year after that work, they were shipping 188 containers. So a hundred containers more at a half a million dollars of value into places all around the world that, I mean, literally save and change lives. So that was a huge <laughs> win, and I love that organization. Um, mm -hmm. And then there was another gentleman who hired me locally, again, I live in Denver, who had aspirations to put his name in the hat as the next identified CEO. There were six people who were in the running for that role, and he hired me to help him, um, ideally, to be the one that got that opportunity. And I would say that it was a complete joy. We worked together for about six months, and he was the identified, named CEO in that process. So those are two examples of how I've been you know, able to serve clients. That's great. Yeah. Uh, it gives me like goosebumps in a sense. I love the, the save and change lives. Again, we're all about uh, giving back, inspiring others on the podcast, but also the, the one for one on on success uh, on the business realm. So, uh, you know, actions speak louder than words here. Um, we want to throw the question back at you, though. Uh, what does, you know, program or success look like to you? Um, yeah. So I'd say that the best way for me to, des to describe success is this notion that when I encounter somebody um, and they feel legitimately stuck, and that can often lead to feelings of hopelessness, you know, desperation, uh, you know, lost, all that kind of stuff, and they're just, they're spinning. They know there's something beyond the moment they're in. They just don't know how to get from where they are to where they desire to be. And so, basically, I would define that as being in the presence of that conversation and and for myself personally because I've had many many still to this day obviously we're just a living experiment right uh, but feeling that feeling of going from stuck to unstuck lends itself to a life that has freedom self-expression and endless possibilities where before it had a totally different feel to it so that's that's what I would say for sure and, and, you know, and again, I never know, because every client is unique and distinct, what that's going to look like, which makes the, you know, this role of being a coach and a consultant so fun and, and you know, uh, enjoyable. Yeah, really well said, Mark. I, I like it. Uh, again, we preach uh, doing something you're passionate about on the podcast. and. True Daily Grind on today's show in regards to helping us achieve success in our respective grinds, but also uh, being motivated each and every day here uh, to help us, you know, level up in our leadership abilities. Um, speaking of, of leadership, I know we, we talked about challenges. How about some of, again, we're getting the highlights or, you know, uh, shedding light in this area. What are some of the common mistakes that leaders make and then how how can they be avoided? How could, what, what's some takeaways we can walk away with uh, from today's episode? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say this, and I don't mean this as any kind of a self-promoting thing, but I think it's just legitimate. If you're in the role of ownership or leadership, the biggest mistake that I see is people not investing in themselves as a leader, as an owner, period. There's a, you know, a notion that says, you know, in order for me to lead others effectively, I first have to know who I am. And that takes time and it takes work and it takes a commitment. And it's not just like a one-off thing, right? I mean, it's a journey. 
Um, so I say that because if you think about it, you know, an owner or a leader has a one-to-many relationship. And if you are not operating at your absolute best version of yourself as an owner or a leader, you are impacting multiple people, not just the people that work for you, but the people that those people go home to, right? So it's exponential. Um, so I think that's without a question, the single biggest mistake that leaders have is they show up with a set of tools and skills and they never work on improving them or expanding them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, self-improvement, self-investment in yourself uh, is so key. And like we mentioned earlier on throughout the episode, uh, that plays a big uh, critical part in what you do in and outside the office and um, how you can perform at your best uh, and continue to perform and not lead to burnout or any other uh, thing that limits our ability to grow. Uh, speaking of, so we want to have our future mindset, our future hat on here. Uh, how do you envision, you know, the future of, you know, your executive leadership development, coaching, you know, uh, MX5, and how are you adapting your practice to stay on the forefront of this field? Because we mentioned, too, like, there's trends, innovation, tech, a um, lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd say at this level of work, mm-hmm. it is a very intimate conversation, and it's a very intimate process. So um, the way that I, I, mean, I think there's all those tools that are out there, and they have incredible value and application. When it comes to this kind of a conversation, I always talk about it slowing down to the speed of just exactly where you are with no need to be anywhere else, right? And, and that's that sense of presence. Um, so I'll tell you a quick story. I was in this group called Vistage. Uh, it used to be called Tech when I was in it, and it's a round table of CEOs. And there were about 14 members in this group seven of us who had permission to have any conversation you could possibly want to have went through a loss of the business or bankruptcy. Why? Because even in that group, when there was permission, people didn't take the permission because they were afraid of exposing some kind of weakness. So the gift of one-to-one work is it takes all that pretense and all that, you know, posturing away. So I'd say that the future of this particular practice is about having the right skills to slow down and be present with somebody, to have an honest, open dialogue. And if AI or if any of these other tools can complement that, then fantastic. But I still think it all is human-to-human interaction at that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really well said. Uh, yeah, the right skills, that right comfortable conversation, uh, connection uh, with you and the person that you're speaking to or supporting or working with, uh, having that, building that trust, that honesty, integrity uh, to really, again, uh, level us up in our respective field, but also uh, define us and uh, help us continue to set success in the, in the future long term here. Uh, so yeah, all, of, all about the Daily Grind. Speaking of the Daily Grind, Mark, that's the name of our show. What does the daily grind mean to you? Yeah, uh, so I begin my day, and I and I adopted this practice from a group that I have been involved in out in California, um, and it basically has had a set of habits. So to me, it's all about habits, right? So I, I work on myself every morning as the first thing that I do, which is establishing myself in a sort of a physical, I'll say spiritual, um, relational context that empowers me. So working out, you know, some meditation, things like that. So I set a platform and a frame in the morning 
It's about me working on me so that when I go out and interact with my clients and people that I can show up being you know, fully there for them. So I, I begin my day that way. I end my day typically with something fun, um, you know, and, and fun for me would include things like rugby and music, et cetera. But my daily grind, and the, the thing that you've asked me to really answer is about showing up and really just being present and asking questions and being in conversations. Uh, I feel incredibly blessed to be able to say it that way because it feels almost luxurious in some ways, but that's just the honest nature of it. Um, and I just look for opportunities to see where a business or an organization or team or an individual is stuck. And then it's like, you know, following that up with a question and, and then hopefully more questions and an opportunity to work with them. So that's how that works. Yeah, well, well-defined daily grind you have over there. Uh, really well said. Enjoy, again, having that balance, but also uh, being able to be real in the present moment. Uh, yeah, so in, in closing here, Mark, we, we talked about your daily schedule. You have quite the grind going on, you know, leading the charge here at uh, MX5. What's on your daily grind later this year, closing out, uh, you know, 2023, looking into the new year? Yeah, so um, I don't know if it's a grind, but I'll answer this way. Sure. So got, I'm in a musical, so... You can see this full beard. I'm in something called Fiddle on the Roof. You may have heard about it. So I'm one of the uh, uh, actors in that. So I've got a musical in a couple weeks, a wedding after that. I'm, I'm taking some family members to Ireland because I said I'm a rugby nut and the Rugby World Cup's taking place in Ireland. That's been a bucket list dream item from, for me for a couple decades. Um, I am in the process of applying for a TEDx talk. You know, I'm, I'm going through that process with the hopes of ending up in the Red Circle. And then the holidays at the end of the year with my family. Um, so that's a big context for what is in front of me for the rest of the year on top of, you know, just showing up and doing my best to serve clients. Yeah. Oh, ex- excited for you. Uh, thanks for sharing. We are we are motivated here on, on the podcast. And uh, us in the Daily Crime team, we wish you all the best. Continue success. Uh, uh, you know, for your future grind here ahead, super kudos and really excitement uh, ahead. Um, I'm I'm envious of a lot of those things you just talked about. Um, <laughs> Mark, story very inspirational. Do you have a word of the day to motivate our listeners out there, or even a quote, a saying, mantra? Yeah, so I, I have the pleasure when I coach, I coach at high school, rugby, mm-hmm. 15 years, and this is my 15th season doing that. And I lead something called the Think Tank, which is basically instead of working on our bodies and on the skills on the field, we work on our minds. And I do it every year. And my favorite quote to share with these young athletes is from Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So just decide, right? So it's this idea of like when you go on the field as an athlete, whether you think you can compete or you think you can't, the minute you determine that, you're right. And everything will follow. So where the mind goes, the body follows, right? That's a, you know, so I love that quote. If you were to talk to my kids, they'd all tell you, oh, my God, they'd roll their eyes and say, oh, here it goes. Here comes Henry Ford's quote again, right? (laughs) So, yeah, that to me says everything. Yeah, really well said. I think that quote fits perfectly with your story, what you're looking to do out here in the world, inspire us each and every day uh, during this podcast, even outside, uh, making waves in your respective field. Uh, Last but not least, Mark, if if listeners have questions, comments, want to get in touch with you, uh, want to follow you, want to learn more about MX5, uh, how can they do so? Yeah, so the easiest way, I mean, uh, is my my website, which is, you know, www.mx5consulting.com, and it's MX, the number five, 
mx5consulting.com. They can email me, Mark, with a K, at mx5consulting.com. And if they were interested, they could look online, you know, to my LinkedIn or Facebook, which is just Mark with a K, Muscleman, all one, you know, and it's got its own extensions. They can look me up there. Um, but those are probably the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Wonderful. Yes, we'll put where to find Mark in today's show notes as always. Uh, thanks again for tuning to today's episode. A big thank you to Mark for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Kelly. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning into the Daily Grind this week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Daily Grind Pod. Please also remember to visit our website, www.kjfwi.org, and shop our merch. Until next time, my name is Kelly Johnson. Have a great day. This episode was produced by the Kelly Johnson Foundation with music composed by Connor Christian. 